0: Castro. Hey, what's going on? This is Castro. And in this episode, I interview Robert Renitsky. He's the executive director of Philadelphia Norm, which is the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. Are there GMOs in marijuana? So
1: Monsanto is already way deep into it, into the genetics end of this thing. Um, A lot of companies are, especially on the hemp side. Um, And certain strains of weed, especially um, folks that for diabetic purposes, um, for a variety of reasons, the big players are getting involved outside of the country. They can't do anything in the country. But, yes, outside, big players. Um, Big opportunities for those guys, and you're going to see them big time into it. And I firmly believe you've got talk about federal... Regulation. the reason why cannabis is not being used by the pharmaceutical companies right now is because it's federally illegal. As soon as those veils are lifted, which could be very soon, cannabis is going to move to the pharmaceutical side of things. This won't last for more than five to 10 years, what you're saying now. Five to 10 years from now, all your cannabis is gonna be bought at a pharmaceutical company in what, some way, shape, or form. The pharmaceutical guys are gonna take it over, and you'll, it'll be the end. It'll just be the end. Mark my words. That's the way it's going to go. Hemp, on the other side, will be, you know, an entrepreneur's game. But the pharmaceutical guys are going to take everything (laughs) that they can from cannabis. And they would have now, but they can't. But once you have uh, Jefferson University, who has the Lampert Center, you've got Penn, you've got hospitals right now that are being funded by ridiculously deep, deep pockets, all waiting for that bell to toll. And when that bell tolls, you're going to just see it shifting. And it'll be just like you want your cannabis, you're going to walk right into CVS and get it, just like you get a pack of cigarettes that you used to be able to get. Because one thing they have found is that, unlike cigarettes, cannabis doesn't cure, I mean, doesn't cause cancer. And we've found that out from the American Pulmonary Society that they have yet to prove any cancer cases from uh, cannabis, Sure, does it have the tar and the gooey stuff? Yeah, but have they have not? In fact, they've even said that cannabis acts as a bronchial dilator, so some folks actually who cough actually do better once they smoke because it opens up their airways. So go figure. So <laughs> you're, you will not see that same transition because uh, as you did as where this they, they actually took cigarettes out of the supermarkets and took them out of the pharmaci- pharmacies. You're going to see your cannabis into the pharmacies. You already are, by the way. Um, the pharmaceutical companies have clearly put hemp lotions in there. So if you go to most of your CVSs now, you can buy hemp lotions in the stores now. So in essence, they got it there now. And that's going to put a hurtin' on the hemp industry. So as I said earlier in this interview, best to get the hemp in gear before the pharmacy guys get it on.
0: Are there any entrepreneur opportunities on the cannabis side?
1: But on the cannabis side, um, in Pennsylvania, opportunities are pretty well restricted right now to working within the legal system. And that would be pretty much defined as dispensaries and grows. People, uh, these are uh, facilities that actually grow the, the marijuana. So if somebody wanted to work in this industry, you would apply directly to the dispensary of your choice, or you would look out... Uh, to see uh, which grows are in Pennsylvania, and then you would put your uh, application. You cannot, um, if you have a criminal record or a felony, you can't work in the industry. As far as the opportunities that are within those sectors, um, if you like to grow and you have experience in growing, that would be one area. The second area would be if you like to do the retail uh, front end, uh, dealing with folks um, as far as understanding what kind of products they like to use, Um, and also understanding um, how to interact with uh, different types of patients. Uh, So that's the main opportunities um, on the delivery end. Uh, The only delivery uh, mechanism in place in Pennsylvania uh, is caregiver, and that's a free opportunity, which basically means that you can Uh, pick up and deliver medicine to a patient. Um, So that patient, you need to apply for your caregiver card. And um, if you pass the criminal uh, and background check, um, there's a $50 fee to the state, and I believe it's $50 for the criminal check. If you pass those two criteria, then you can have up to five patients, but you need at least one. Um, And then you are then um, that person's caregiver So if the if that person could not get to the dispensary, uh, you then could buy that um, product for them. Um, So it is a volunteer program, and as I said, you're allowed to have up to five different um, uh, medical patients underneath you, uh, but you need at least one. So when you talk about the opportunities, you basically this is the way it is right now. Uh, There are not that many um, other. Um, businesses that are set up because this is a very regulated industry Uh, and in in the um, with the protocol of being regulated uh, that basically means that um, you are then obligated uh, to work for the companies that have been picked by the state of Pennsylvania to my knowledge I think there's probably about 20 some dispensaries out there now and maybe 20 some grows across the state across the state excuse me um, but you can easily find those uh, just by going online, and we can help you find them, too. So, opportunities in the cannabis arena uh, are fairly limited right now, um, but we do plan, uh, with Senator Street's new bill, to open that up uh, to a lot of other uh, industries but, uh, and, and opportunities. But currently, this is where we see it. So,
0: there aren't any opportunities?
1: Well, um, aside from those three areas, that is what the state is um, um, allowing currently. What about on the hemp side? Hemp side is a whole new ball game. Hemp side is that's an any man's game, and there's a lot of opportunities for hemp.
0: Uh, I don't know much about the hemp side. How would I get in there?
1: Well, you wouldn't just get in there. But what you would do is. Um, um, you, first of all, understanding that cannabis and hemp are pretty much the same plant uh, and understanding that the only difference between cannabis and hemp is the um, level of THC which that plant is allowed to uh, 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 rate in at, um, the state allows 3% uh, as a maximum THC level on a hemp plant. After 3%, it turns into a cannabis plant. So. If you're familiar with cannabis, it gives you a little bit of a leg up because you sort of understand the plant um, and you sort of understand the medicinal properties from the THC side. On the, medic- on the medicinal properties from the CBD side, which is what everybody's running around about, that's where the hemp plant starts to uh, take off. Um, folks that smoke cannabis, they're getting THC and CBDs in their system. Uh, folks that don't smoke cannabis can use CBDs without getting the psychoactive effects of cannabis, which then opens the door to folks that have inflammation, folks that have digestive issues, uh, folks that um, are looking for pain relief. So if you're familiar with the medicinal side of cannabis, then jumping into the medicinal side of hemp can be pretty easy. Um, The nicer thing about hemp, you don't need a license. You don't need a medical card, you don't need any paperwork, you basically just need a good product. And if you have a good product, um, it allows you to then to then go out and help other people because a lot of folks don't know about it. So what I suggest that folks do is get some education about the hemp extracts and once they get educated, they can then go out and educate other folks and they can start themselves a nice little business. because. Walking into a store right now to get extracts, I wouldn't say would be the best bet. Um, Stores don't know anything better than most folks on the street. Um, Having a good hemp product under your belt now, one that you know that works, uh, one that you know that passes industry standards for safety, uh, one that uh, conforms to industry standards for efficacy, which means that that has the potential to be... One of the best products that a person can get both on a topical and on a uh, oral um, uh, product um, can really benefit um, folks who know nothing about it. So there is a big opportunity for folks to start educating folks that are in pain, uh, folks that can't sleep, folks that have anxiety and depression, uh, because right now anxiety and depression is not even on the list for cannabis so if you have anxiety and depression, um, you can easily use the CBD without even having to go get a medical card. Also for folks who hear about cannabis and they think that cannabis is the wonder pill or the wonder drug, I don't usually recommend folks who have never used cannabis, I don't recommend that they start with cannabis, I would recommend that they start with extracts. So. That would be the CBD. So what you're really doing is you're basically, for folks who don't really have the experience with cannabis, it would be far better for you to step them into that direction. And then if they need cannabis, uh, you have both the resources of uh, the state rep's office. You know, we have uh, a state rep uh, Burgos. Um, where you can go in and, and they, can ex- they can guide you through that and as well as we can guide you through that in Philly Normal. Now, that's just, that's from a, a medicinal standpoint. Um, these products are not that available in stores as far as um, high quality, so it leaves a really good opportunity uh, for the word of mouth for someone to get out there, right?
0: You mentioned Philly Norm. What is it that you guys do? Uh, what's your mission?
1: So the mission statement is normal is the national organization for reframing, uh, marijuana or reforming marijuana legislation. Uh, Philly normal happens to be the Philly uh, Philadelphia chapter for the national organization. Um, this organization its mission statement is to educate folks um, in in both um, cannabis and hemp. It's also to educate and um, promote legislative agendas within the political body. So when politicians need answers about cannabis, the first ones that they would go to would be an organization such as Normal because for the past 20, 30, even 40 years, Normal has been in the trenches. So when you're dealing with a commodity that's coming out of prohibition, and when you're dealing with a product that's being used illegally, but does not have a body, an organizing body such as a union, uh, political um, political uh, candidates do not know where to get accurate information when it comes to cannabis. And they actually rely on normal because we're in the trenches. And in the same respect, People don't know how to reach their political um, uh, counterparts, so they rely on normal as the liaison. So normal becomes basically the the liaison and the organizing body between the politicians and the street. Um, We are certainly proud of the medicinal um, dispensary system that we have in place, but if we had it our way, we wouldn't have dispensaries. We would just have... Folks having marijuana, but because um, it's the way that the state has um, has this. We are Pennsylvania. To put it uh, this, as, as, as as plain as I can say. In from a legal standpoint, um, Pennsylvania is what's called a non-referendum state, which is different than most other states. So, in California, when they went to legalize. Uh, cannabis, they they get 300 people, they sign a petition, that petition then goes for voting, and then if the people elect it, you get a new cannabis law. In Pennsylvania, it doesn't work like that. I could have 300,000 people on my petition, but if the politicians don't agree, then it never goes to the ballot. So Normal's mission is to execute in a very um, politically correct manner, the will of the people, and also to let the the people know what the will of the politicians are so that's why in Pennsylvania you have a very regulated cannabis law because that was the will of the politicians it wasn't our will the politicians needed it that is such because of um, Pennsylvania has a very large conservative um, uh, population so we have what we call in Philadelphia we have what's called decriminalization and uh, that means basically anything under an ounce or the possession of cannabis both for growing and usage in Philadelphia you will not be prosecuted as quoted by RDA Larry Krasner. Now we have that same policy in Pittsburgh, we have it in Allentown, we have it in State College, we have it in Harrisburg. So we have five um, municipalities within the state of Pennsylvania that serves as a decriminalized zone. What you don't have in the rest of Pennsylvania is that policy. So you literally can step out of Philadelphia, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, or the other two counties, and have simply have a joint, and you could potentially have a criminal record from there going forward. So we call anything in Pennsylvania outside of those counties we call that Pennsylvania, because it is the Laws are extremely um, fierce. So, Normal's mission is to basically level the playing field both on a legislative platform and also to level the playing field on the streets platform because folks need medicine. And what you have right now in Pennsylvania is you have 22 conditions. And as I had mentioned earlier, anxiety and depression aren't on there.
0: Hey, that was part one and I will be uploading part two shortly and in part two we discuss inmates and them possibly getting medical cards right (laughs) out of prison.